Greetings, Minecrafters, and welcome to another Minecraft discussion on this glorious December day. My name is Kimberly Quinn, and I am excited to talk to you today about, well, I mean, we all think most of us know how I feel about cell phones, not that there aren't some positives. We're going to talk about fubbing and uh, the blind spot with that and how they they can and do frequently damage our relationships not only do they damage our relationships but we're not aware that they're damaging our relationships so very interesting i mean my inspiration today is coming from a psychology today article by uh gwendolyn seedman phd and it's really interesting and i one of my other one of my great thinkers i listen to semi-frequently is simon sinek and he talks about this too in different ways so i'm gonna more i'm gonna reel him right in so uh, it kind of starts out with um, Gwendolyn talking about, you know, we may be oblivious to the harm we cause when we focus on our phones instead of our friends. This actually surprised me, honestly, a little bit. Um, I mean, we know that it's damaging uh, when we ignore people for any reason, but I was surprised that we don't get that we're causing the damage. That sort of was a little eye-opening. So she starts out by saying fubbing or snubbing others in social situations in favor of one's phone is something 90% of adults admit to doing. 90%? That's almost everybody. Yet research finds uh, that it can do real harm to relationships, disrupting connection and upping the chance of conflict. Well, that's not a huge surprise right there. And then she says, why then do we keep doing it? Well, Gwendolyn, that's a really good question. If, if, if we, you know, if we have that stupid cell phone in our hand, when we've got, you know, we've got our valuable, our own valuable life minutes, the valuable life minutes of a partner or friend or child, parent, grandparent, right in front of us, that's such a no brainer. This, this little mini computer over a living, breathing, somebody we care about. It's just so ridiculous. So why do we keep doing it? And it says new findings suggest that a bias known as the fubbing blind spot may be to blame. So the visual I have for this is way back when I had my my first new car, my Nissan. I loved that car so much. It was this light, like powder blue color, and I loved it. Although for some reason that color, I mean, I love the car. I got I I got I had so many near you know collisions like where I just nearly got clipped when I was right sort of by the I'm riding in the right lane let's say in the the back left tire area right where there's somebody's kind of clinging right there and that'd be me sorry they'd be in the right lane I'd be passing and I so many times I almost got clipped so I think of that blind spot like how don't how are you not seeing me I'm right here and like just look in your rearview mirror how do you miss it but I think about how something can seem so obvious yet we nearly, nearly get clipped. So with the phone example, obvious, I'm right next to you, but you're not seeing me. Same kind of thing. And Gwendolyn says, in four studies, researchers analyzed the effects of phone use across various social contexts. Replicating past findings, they found that interactions in which a phone was used tended to be less enjoyable for participants who reported reduced feelings of connection and engagement. No freaking question about that. And I, I'm thinking way back uh, when, you know, call waiting is still a thing, but since a lot of people don't even have landlines anymore because it's cheaper to just have a cell phone, 
you know, we live way out in the sticks. So we have to have both for emergency reasons. But I remember with when no one had cell phones and landlines were, you know, what we had. And, and uh, when they when the call waiting was first invented, I remember how um, one of my favorite comedians, Loretta LaRoche, talked about it. She'd say call waiting should refer to as call rude because we're on the phone talking with some, let's say our partner or your dad or, you know, your friend or whoever. And then it would just be a beep. You couldn't see anything. Later on, eventually you could see another caller ID. But for a while, it was just a beep, 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 beep. And that meant somebody is trying to call you at the same time. So if you pushed kind of like the hang up button, it would just put that the person you're talking to on hold. So she said that she's exactly spot on accurate. She called it call rude because she said, oh, here you're talking to your to your husband or wife or, or mom or whoever. He's saying, oh, can you just hold? Can you just hold on so I can see whoever's calling in and I don't know who they are. They might be more important than you. So just stay put right there and I'll be right back at you. And, you know, for the current, you know, contemporary 2022 situation here, that isn't different with cell phones. And Simon Sinek does a whole thing on this with, you know, he does the thing about leadership and you know, taking care of your employees, that's the context. And it's, I think it's even worse when it's leaders because you're in a power, is a power differential. You're in a, you're in a place of setting an example, which makes it all worse, in my opinion. Especially, you know, when he does his things talking about the Gen Zers and, you know, they're, they're misguided to a lot of, you know, no fault of their own because technology was here when they, you know, they were born into it, blah, 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 blah. And so here we have leaders just, you know, you know, with their cell phones out, when you're trying to have a conversation with, with a, with an employer, picture leaving that aside, a partner with another partner, or, you know, a first date or a second date there with me, there sure as heck wouldn't be a second one. If that was the first one, I'll tell you that right now. And then he goes and talks about how sometimes, you know, with, with, with leaders, again, it could be anybody, sibling, friend, whatever. Then you put it upside down on the table. You're having lunch or it's a desk, you're sitting in an office, putting it upside down is not better. It's just as rude because it's kind of like Loretta Roche with the call waiting example. Somebody might buzz, blip, whatever, notification, and they might be more important than you. So I'm going to flip it upside down so the illusion of you think you have my undivided attention, but you really don't because somebody could call or text is more important than you are, and then you're ditched. So I'm at least going to check check and make sure they're not important, more important than you are, and then I'll be right back to you. I mean, it's absolutely obnoxious. Obnoxious. So, we, you know, so I guess the part of this article that surprised me was that – um, sadly, not so much that we're doing this because we know we're doing this, but that it was so surprising that relationships suffered. And in the case of the leader-employee relationship, I would just have no respect, just none. And I will actually wait there for leaders to put it away if I'm having a chat with somebody. Uh, thankfully, it doesn't happen that much um, at Champlain, but when I worked at a, I think I mentioned this, I won't say too many details, or if I do, then I guess they got an education. Um, I, I worked at a a bartending job and there was a manager who was just known for this. And I would just wait. I don't care what your status is here. You know, I'm not going to tolerate being treated like a third class citizen. I wouldn't say all that. I would just do the quietly effective thing. Stop in mid sentence if he answered something, wait awkwardly. And they'd be like, oh, 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 I'm sorry. And I wouldn't say that's okay. Cause it's not okay. And then we would just pick up where we left off. Um, so he needed leadership one one That was just like a precursor. But anyway, uh, so she, Gwendolyn goes on to say, um, yet these effects, oh, wait a second. I have to start back here because I forget. 
replicating uh, past findings, they found that interactions in which a phone was used tended to be less enjoyable for participants, for participants who reported reduced feelings of connection and engagement. Of course they have reduced feelings of connection and engagement because you're being ignored for somebody who might be potentially more important or worse, you know, uh, some stupid video game. So then she goes on to say, yet these effects were apparent only when the person was was the one on the phone. When participants examined their own phone use, they significantly under significantly underestimated the negative effect it would have on their on their partner's enjoyment enjoyment and engagement. That's wild. So when it's the other person ignoring us, we're clued right in. But when it's us ignoring someone else, not so much. We're just missing the forest for the trees there, I guess. And then Gwendolyn goes on to say, people don't seem to feel that their phone use negatively affects the people they spend time with, even though others' phone use bothers them, explains the, the person who did the study, Alyssa Barrick, PhD, from Case Western. Wild. That's just wild to me. Just And I, I don't know. I'm just guessing. I wonder if this is because um, we are, people in general become so self-absorbed with the, not just the invent of the internet, but with social media, because I know way back when Facebook was first invented or whatever. So it goes back probably, I don't know how many years that is, 15 or 20, at least 15 anyway. And I was reading at that time, way back. And now that of course there's like, you know, the gram and Snapchat and like a million discord and all these besides LinkedIn and, you know, all these things that was before all the, the explosion of it all. And even still, the, narcissist, the Narcissistic Personality Index way back then had gone up 40%, 40%. So we talked about narcissistic personality behaviors, not necessarily a disorder. That's a, that's a big one. Um, because people can be not at the level of disorder, but behaving very narcissistically as a personality style. If you want to learn more about that, Dr. Romani on YouTube talks a lot about it. So anyway, that's just my own personal guess is that our indulgence in social media maybe is why people aren't getting that, you know, they, they, they get that other people's cell phone use annoys, annoys them, but they're not getting, you know, they're not, there's no clearance of the tower that they're being annoying too with their very rude, you know, obnoxious cell phone behavior. So, and Gwendolyn goes on to say, dubbed the fubbing blind spot by researchers, this phenomenon appears due to participants' greater likelihood of attributing more positive motive to their own cell phone use, like looking up a fact to enhance the conversation than they did to the other subs. Of course, that's what we're talking about because we've become so self-absorbed because of uh, social media and all the all the fake stuff we're doing with that and all the social comparison and blah, 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 blah. So anyway, they also over, sorry, they also overestimated their ability to multitask compared with others, leading them, leading them to believe that their own fubbing was less disruptive. Okay, here's one thing from somebody, I have my degree in cognitive psychology, so I love to take on things that involve the brain and attention and memory and things like that. So I mentioned in previous episodes, multitasking is a myth. It does not exist. So somebody says, oh, I'm such a nice, I'm such a good multitasker. I have like, I have like 15 kids and three jobs. And you should see me just manage it all. Well, no, really, that's you're not that good at it. Why? Because it doesn't exist. Multitasking doesn't exist because the brain is capable of only doing one thing at a time. So what looks like multitasking is really just a quick shift in attention. And we've gotten good at that 
because of being completely overstimulated and with our media saturated society where we are flying around like gerbils on crack. So that's really all it is. It's just good to separate that. So we, we know, we know, you know, like a little reality check there. So then Gwendolyn kind of talks about breaking the habit, and Simon Sinek does a beautiful job at that, especially since his context is leadership, though it could be anything. But I think the reason I said especially is because the leaders are hopefully setting a good example, at least after watching his his videos. He says, not just turn it off. It should be 100% off, not on standby. That's it all. Wait and see if somebody's more important than you, texting or calling thing. No matter what we say with our words... To qualify it, none of it matters because it's all BS. As they say, behavior speaks louder than words. So, you're, if you're not if you're not um, walking the talk, as they say, then it's all BS. And so, what he says is, turn the dang thing off, put it in your in your desk drawer, out 100 percent out of the way, sit there with open body language, hands by your side or on the on the chair armrests or on the desk with your hands folded even but open open body language no phone can possibly disrupt the conversation that's what we're talking about and transfer that into personal world with you know partners go stuff it in a sock drawer put it downstairs put it anywhere but but right where you are with the person who's right in front of you um so she's so awareness is key right that's key to we can't do what we don't know once we know then we need to do better. We know better, we do better. Like my dear friend, Dr. Dave, since once we're aware, we become responsible. So once we sort of get that that the cell phone's on anywhere near us, we're in a conversation, is completely obnoxious and disrespectful, we should no longer do it. Okay, then she says, okay, so simply being aware, yes, that your phone use may be negatively affecting your loved ones in ways you can't always see could go a long way toward, a long way toward breaking the flubbing habit. Barrick advises, before you walk into a social engagement, consider putting your phone on silent, she says, and just enjoy your tech-free time with others. I'm telling you, shutting, you know, unplugging the drug, euthanizing the device, right? It will do wonders for your relationships. Also, if you're in a class and what you retain, all of it. But mostly, the, the valuable life minutes of yourself and those you love in your life, it will only go go. It only go good play to good places. Just only good stuff will come out of putting that little mini computer away. Okay, unplug the drug. This is Kimberly Quinn signing off in the beautiful northern Vermont. Have a mindful, tech-free day.